0: Ends. Welcome back to another spooky episode of the Film Alchemist podcast, the show where we take the movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my friend, co host, and he with an exposed backbone and a jar of herbs and water. Who, me? Alex Dandino. It you, it you, baby. I'm sorry about your life, baby in the jar. Neither here nor there. Guys, before today's final episode, the finale of our The Pod Digs Del Toro month, a little bit of business. It is official. Your friends here on the Film Alchemist Pod are on Patreon. That's right, patreon.com slash film pod. It's the absolute best way to support the show. It's the absolute best way to have us support you. With the exact movies you want. So, guys, you can get in for as little as a dollar a month. You uh, will have access to our community that we've already assembled. You'll have access to our library of Patreon-exclusive episodes. And as you begin to climb the Highlander-tier ranking system, you yourself can begin to select the specific films that you want us to talk about on the Patreon-exclusive feed. We are doing a lot of work over uh, on Patreon Making it tighter, better, bigger. Uh so Hotter. I think you guys will have so much Yeah, just hot, fewer hotness. calories. All kinds of stuff. It's like that Nelly video I put a band aid on under my axe. It was getting hot in there. That's gonna age. Is me. that
1: why he is that why he had a band-aid on?
0: Because of heat? Because it was hot in her? I think it's because it was sexy.
1: Oh, got it.
0: I never knew. Sexy. You don't you can't have any rips or tears on your body with that much sex here. it'll pour out. Like when they stop the containment unit and Ghostbusters <clears throat> just hotness pouring out of Nelly's face. That's not what we're here for. That's not what we're discussing. Guys, go over to Patreon.com slash Uh Every little bit of support is greatly appreciated, guys. So thank you so much for those of you who support us. Thank you for those of you who are about to as well. We promise it'll be worth your time and money. Go to the YouTube channel. Subscribe to uh, Film Alchemist is the YouTube channel. You can see our beautiful, haunting, ghastly faces uh, over there. Live versions of most of the podcasts, Maybe some uh, cool new upcoming projects that we've been working on for a long time that hopefully are going to manifest this year. Like a ghost of our sins past. Make sure you email us, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. Find us on all the social media you're on. We're easy to get a hold of and love to hear from you guys. Also, if you would be so kind, something that really does help out uh, pods like us, make sure you leave a five-star rating and review wherever you find us. A couple sentences about why you dig the show and that five-star helps us defeat the algorithmic war machine that's trying to keep us down, man. Keep us in the dirt. So thank you guys so much for all the support. We just keep having better and better months, man. This thing is heading in the right direction, and we appreciate it. (laughs) right. We ain't here for business. We're not here to talk about Nelly's hotness. Nope. We're here to talk about Guillermo del Toro, one of our favorite film directors. Uh, This month, the pod digs del Toro. We put it to the patrons. We will let you guys select from the remaining uh Del Toro films, which one you would like us to discuss most. Nightmare Alley was not included, but I assure you we will be crossing paths with Nightmare Alley down the road. So I believe our choices were Devil's Backbone, Mimic, Blade, Blade Two, Pacific Rim. Blade Two. Blade Two. We've already done Blade. Uh also Hellboy. that's not a Del Toro movie. And Hellboy. And it was a tight race. Pacific Rim almost got there, but the movie selected by our patrons the Devil's Backbone. El Espinazo. Del, da, del Diablo. There you go. Take that in your little uh, Band-Aid. Cover that with your little hotness Band-Aid right there. It's going to leave a scorching mark. All right. Um, This movie I remember hearing a lot about in the days uh, before my life was spent online, right? You had to actually find stuff. You had to hear yeah. about stuff word Back of mouth. And I kept hearing about this 2001, movie.
1: 2001, yeah.
0: Yeah, and so I would imagine the first Del Toro movies I had seen were – I saw Mimic at a slumber party very young, loved it. Uh, Hellboy, Blade Two in the theater. Yep. But I heard about this one, and I didn't associate Del Toro yet as that guy, right? He had made movies I liked, but him as a filmmaker had not impacted my life yet. Right. I kept hearing about Devil's Backbone, right, uh, at film school. So I sought it out. It took me a while, but I found the DVD – and I brought it home, and I absolutely adore this film. Uh, again, most of the films we talked about this month, this is a perfect distillation of everything I love about Del Toro. Uh, this movie is a real-world ghost story, right? But the ghost, it, uh, we talked about this before the show, right? This is a ghost story that happens 80% during the day, yeah. right? Where everything's in full light. Um, there's a lot more ghosts than just the the sad little boy walking around the orphanage. This is a, a really harrowing tale, um, but it has that kind of magical energy of uh, children bonding together, right? Believing that the world will eventually sort itself out and they'll be okay, even though they've seen more tragedy than a lot of adults. Uh, everything about this film works for me. Alex, opening thoughts on the devil's backbone
1: <sighs> the devil's backbone i had never watched this movie before
0: ah i love it when that happens hell yeah what'd I, you think i thought i got reaction i thought
1: i had i had not um i love it when that happens by the way like i always yeah. feel like i've seen a movie and then i and then i start watching I'm like i thought this was a different movie altogether
0: there are so many ways with which pop culture and little tidbits filter into our brains now without watching the what whole is, movie. that What sometimes is that called? That happens. It's
1: the the, the phenomenon, uh, the Mandela effect. And yeah. So, yeah, like, <laughs> the, like movies in general these days because of the internet. Yeah, just everything's a Mandela effect for me personally. Um, the Devil's Backbone... I love that. I love it when Del Toro does historical stuff. Like I know that that's yeah. like not something that anybody thinks about. When like they, when you think of Guillermo Del Toro, you think of you think monsters, you think you know fantasy, that kind of stuff. I do love his historical stuff, and that actually is a lot of it. From most recently Night- Nightmare Alley, you know, to Oscar-winning Shape of Water, to Pan's Labyrinth, Pan's Labyrinth,
0: Devil's Backbone, Devil's yeah. Backbone. He played. He plays a lot in real world historical yeah. settings and then I, adds layers of genre yeah. on them to make them more accessible.
1: I like this historical fantasy niche. He's sort of found himself in like nightmare alley, sort of different than that. But like at the same time, the devil's backbone is this really interesting historical fantasy, Gothic horror type thing that works for me personally, because yeah, like he just grounds the, he, the real world is grounded so firmly that, when fantastical things happen, it's it's less... I think it's interesting. And I was watching it, I was like, I guess I'm not as... It's less scary. And I guess I put it more expected. Like, I think this is the thing that I like the most about Guillermo del Toro's movies is the the supernatural. The things that happen that are not normal in this world that come about in his films are never unwarranted. They're never this... Fictitious thing. They are completely based in, they're based in history. They're based in something that has happened in the movie's timeline that gives cause for the supernatural Mm -hmm. to take presence. And I think that that is something that sorely is missed sometimes in movies of its ilk. And Guillermo del Toro never misses an opportunity to explain, and not in an, an you know expository, boring, obnoxious way, but he explains the world. As it unfolds, so that when supernatural things happen in movies like The Devil's Backbone, we have just a little ghost boy walking around this huge orphanage. You're not shocked by it at all. You're kind of just like, Mm -hmm. "Shit! Well, we should have all just seen this coming." I don't understand why any of us are sitting here. I don't know why any of us sitting here surprised that we're all shocked. Like, it. (laughs) I I don't know. That's the best way I can describe it. I I, I love. This is what I love the most, and that's why what makes I think The Devil's Backbone um one of his best movies to be honest with you like not the best movie yeah. for me but one of the best for
0: I I think it's strange because this movie it feels like he's taken and redone parts of this film twice right you could definitely say that Pan's Labyrinth Pan's is kind Labyrinth, of a souped yep. up version of this right mm-hmm. where the history is a little more present and in the front
1: absolutely um
0: also it just has real crimson peak vibes right he kind of exactly. did like a souped up more visually arresting version of this with that right and this movie's beautiful i'm not I'm not throwing stones at that, but what what I love about del Toro's take, especially his ghost stories right? I really latch on to his theory of ghosts so many ghost stories I watch there is this something bad happened, and now there's a ghost that wants revenge, right It feels like how a lot of these movies play del Toro never lose sights sight of the fact that a ghost is a remnant of an actual living breathing human being that had agency and power and a future that was taken away from it cruelly right right um and the movie just opens with what is a ghost uh you know dot 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 there's a couple sentences after um and then a ghost is a tragedy condemned to repeat itself again and again is a sentiment that i think perfectly captures why we are so fascinated with ghosts right it's mm-hmm. it's one of the things that religion has never answered satisfactorily science you know psychology no one's ever been able to tell us why do right. these terrible things happen and in this movie the movie starts with a boy bleeding on the ground yeah. and then we just see him tied up and submerged what looks like by another child yeah and so that's one of those moments where there there's nothing that's ever been created by humans right we spend our whole lives trying to avoid the big, scary question of maybe none of this means anything. And we're just meat bumping around into other meat. Right. Um, And this is a really fucking scary way to do that. Right. And then you pair it with this fucking bomb just lands right in the middle of an orphanage. Right. It's just it's kind of the uh, the I'll buy a giant billboard to Hitchcock moment of the movie. Right. (laughs) That two as Hitchcock said, right. Two men talking at a table is nothing two men talking at a table with a bomb under the table right ticking down that's a fucking movie scene um in that that moment right the tragedy of what's happening to these kids as a microcosm for the tragedy of an errant bomb being dropped on a fucking orphanage and not going off it reminds us that every fucking day in someone's life a bomb has gone off right and so the entire film takes this inevitable journey to an explosive and tragic ending right we just you know that nothing good is going to come right but you still find these these really human moments of joy and perseverance at times that that just works so fucking well for me in this movie
1: agreed i mean i think that there's just the real worldness is this is something that del toro does better than anybody in my opinion the real worldness is so much more terrifying than anything that they, anything that is coming up (laughs) in the fantasy or the supernatural of it all. Like the real world is so misunderstood. And I think that that's something that Del Toro does better than, uh, does really well in the devil's backbone is not necessarily, it's the real world outside the, the grounds of the orphan is just misunderstood. Like the child, like, uh, Fuck, I can't believe I forgot the kid's name. Uh, Carlos, right? Carlos is the mm-hmm. little boy's name. Carlos uh, is just this great microcosm of all of us watching this movie. Like, we're just all waiting for the bomb to drop, so to speak. Like, there's mm-hmm. this, there's constantly this feel, th- there's this, this dread that goes throughout the movie that never, that always it just, it just never goes away. Even when we start seeing supernatural things, that is not the scariest part to me. Like, honestly, like, right. it's just I, I just, I keep coming back to this point, but I just, I can't stop thinking about it when it comes to this movie is like the scariest shit again, are all of these adults, all these people, like, obviously oh, man. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily like, um, Federico Lupi's uh, Cesaris, the doctor and Carmen, but Particularly, uh, uh, Jacinto. I think Jacinto is the uh, is he the he's the
0: bad guy, technically, right? I can't, he's the like groundskeeper, maintenance guy. This is yeah. like
1: I tried really hard to remember everybody's names because I did not do well with Kronos. So you're trying, a better man
0: than I. I was like
1: really trying hard <laughs> to remember everyone's names.
0: I'll do my classic: give them snappy nicknames to remember them by. But this is the thing, though, right? To your point, the opening of this film, I think, is a great example of why del toro's fables and fantasies work so well because of this real world building right so to your point imagine an orphanage where a bomb was dropped right they came and dearmed it but they didn't take the fucking bomb right right and i'm not a rocket scientist but i'm like that means there's still shit in there that is explosive yeah, right it's, like it'll
1: blow up any minute
0: anywho uh yeah okay so this guy gets brought in by these two soldiers right we find out that there's a a cause a rebellion against this this government force right. coming right and if i'm being honest by the end of the film i still have no idea historically what this conflict it's is. but Spa- you get it it's, right away it's right the spanish away. civil war yeah so you, you understand right away i had to look right it up though, so what's going. yeah cuz that guy's like i don't they didn't fucking name it i just know there's a cause right and they've got this gold and but just think of these little moments right so we see this lady with one leg saved they brought another boy mm-hmm. right Oh, they're always in trouble. These troops are always in trouble. Uh, we cut outside to this wonderful moment of him trying to make friends, right? Carlos meets Al and uh, the other kid. And they start exchanging, Galvez. right? I'll give you this. Yeah, I'll give you this for a comic book, right? They're kind of exchanging. Right. You know, a little bullying starts to you know creep in, whatever. But this very, like, relatable, nice childhood moment.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then all of a sudden... Carlos realizes he's being left in that scene of him running through the doors of the orphanage as the car drives away. The guy who brought him who seemed to be friendly with him won't even acknowledge him says nothing. And I was like, that is a heartbreaking, terrifying moment. It's brutal. Just imagine being left there. And then the doctor doesn't even tell him what we know to be true that his father's dead. I mean that the real world whore and heft of this, right? The thought that, as the, the the head school mistress says, right? This isn't a prison. There are no bars. But he's not there getting are. out of here, yeah. right? And the fact that this orphanage now in the middle of the Civil War is a safe haven, but there's a bomb in the courtyard. You're setting up all of these clashing moments between childhood fantasy, the supernatural fantasy, and the, the real-world reality of pain and war and suffering. Right, And they all just... They don't bounce off each other in a way that is – it's like a ping pong game, right? Every time they hit, it's a its a little burst of magic. And you're like, holy shit, this is all working so absolutely well. Right. Um, I, I think that is what separates – because if you don't care enough about the real world, the stakes, when you layer the fantasy on top, have no teeth.
1: Agreed. And that is – that is – I think of all the movies we've watched this month, this one has the most, and I am glad the patrons picked this one uh, or or, our discord. Um, This one has the most like real world teeth. Like I think Pan's Labyrinth is second, but this one,
0: that's the meanest fucking movie he ever made. I feel like what, well, the captain's the meanest character.
1: Oh yeah. But this one, this is the thing though. This one instead, because like Pan's Labyrinth for me, Pan Labyrinth, the captain is the bomb sitting in the middle of a courtyard. Yeah. This one is a physical bomb. <laughs> something about that. I'm just like, Oh, God. I'll
0: never forgive him for that last moment though. That hurt me so deeply. And I wouldn't say anything in this movie got me that fucking bad, but, uh, no. Yeah. The, they're, they're both, they really do not skimp on the cruelty. Uh, either of these films. Why do you think that is though?
1: Like this is something, cause now this is the second movie of its ilk. Cause I don't know about you, but it does feel like a spiritual, the pans lab. It does feel like a spiritual sequel. To this, Pan's why?
0: Labyrinth feels like the now I have the heft and a little more experience. I'm gonna really make that movie. But uh, you know, why and do just you amp think, it up a little bit? Why do
1: you think he wants to constantly put these kids, like, not even in danger? Like people put people in people ch- put children in danger in movies all the time. But like this movie, this movie and Pan's Labyrinth particularly draw the same parallel of like. Why are we putting kids in not only like the unenviable unenviable position of being like sort of powerless in their situation, but also we're putting them in like yeah. not mo- not just mortal danger, but they're just sure. they're they're like mortal danger on multiple fronts, like not just in the real world, but then in a fantasy world as well. Why? Right? Why?
0: The, to me it, it this is how I look at it. Right? If you watch a Batman film, a Spider Man film uh a transformers film whatever right like modern day fables as we do right Right. these fantasy worlds when you see a kid fall off a building in batman you're not like well someone's gonna have to sweep that kid up in the next scene like that's just not gonna happen Right. right right we are going to save that kid and it's going to remind us that batman will be there when we need him right superman's gonna fly in and catch that kid uh or catch the car before it lands on the kid right so, these moments of danger are presented, but they don't actually offer us an emotional response to danger, right? At a genetic level, we are trained to respond to danger, right? And the best movies can activate that. Right. When you watch something like these big tentpole movies, you know that they're not going to fucking squash the kid, right? Right. What I think is... Really important about the fact that Del Toro has these kids in harrowing situations, right? Literal war zones, and even seeing them betray each other, right? Like when they shoot the the water vase that he's carrying, right? And you know that guy's looking for gold, and something's up with him, right? You don't know what's gonna fucking happen to him in that moment. It's actually scary. The fucking movie starts with a dead fucking child, right? Mm-hmm. That's a yeah. really heavy thing yeah, to hang start on the, the movie off with. Right something
1: you're like, okay.
0: That maybe a child murdered another child, right? And that maybe he's trying to kill this kid now. What I think the actual important elements of that, besides giving us higher stakes, right? And reminding us that the kids are not safe in these films. I think it actually reminds us of the magic of childhood. Is that even in these most dangerous situations, the ability to still project... Uh, a brighter, more magical future Mm -hmm. is really important. And I think this movie does it in an exceptionally interesting way. Uh, When Santi's ghost begins to appear in the film, right? Right. It's kind of hinted at the start, right? Reflections, this and that. I believe after the first time, Carlos doesn't run from him. Carlos goes to him. This is another child who is in pain well, not even, he's dead, right? But another child who needed help and couldn't get it. Yeah. Carlos doesn't run from him in horror. Carlos says, I'm not going to run anymore. Right. Uh, tell me how to help you and how to make sure a bunch of us don't die, whatever the mysterious whispering prophecy is. Right. And I think the fact that you see Carlos for most of the film walking towards Santi, that's exactly why I like Del Toro's take on this, right? Is that those kids... Have not been beaten by the enormity and scariness of this world yet. In a way that a lot of us adults, we just become cowards because we've got shit to lose.
1: Right. I mean, I think that's. Yeah, I mean, I I think maybe it's the one, maybe it's the wonderment of children, in the face of like severe adversity. Yeah, I agree. Like that's like, that's what it is, and I think that's why, the stakes feel like they're so much higher because these kids don't have. These kids are not, especially the, especially the ones in this movie, are constantly put in these like horrifying situations that you're like, there's no, no one deserves whatever's about to happen. Like the only yeah. people who like none of these kids deserve any like ill will. Like anything that happens to them is a strike against whoever causes. Like mainly Jacinto, obviously. Like there's just mm-hmm. blowing up a kitchen, not yeah. great. Like. Well, also
0: just the fact that we know that they're all in this place. Yeah. And that, that probably means they're n- not going to go back to families, right? right? Like that alone is enough for most films. Right. And then it just keeps piling on them.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I think this movie particularly piles it on in a way that you're like, good Lord. Can some of these, we just one of these kids catch a break. Jesus Christ. Like it yeah, is like
0: the one, the, the one whose size was me watching this movie. Oh, oh, geez. jeez! Yeah, oh, jeez! Oh, especially, right.
1: <laughs> especially, yeah, like towards, like right in the middle, like when that, when he blows up the kitchen, and like you're you're following Cesares when he wakes up, and he when he wakes up, and he's looking around. I'm like, the first time I see you see like the one kid who's just like bloody on the ground. I'm like, fucking, what? Whoever, whoever needs to do okay. it, fucking go get that guy. I I lost. We'll,
0: it we'll talk. I had more some about serious seven. problems but dude just imagine at the end the kids are the ones pulling shrapnel out of owls back like this movie spares no one right this is i think the other kind of fun thing too about the ghost element of this film right Mm -hmm. before we dive into kind of more of the the uh, plot points right yeah i love the way that Every single frame of this movie is full of ghosts, right? The ghost of the people we used to be, yep. The ghost of the people we wish we were, and just a good way to put that. Yeah, uh, I fame. agree. Yeah, there's this, you know, the the woman who's mourning when she had a leg, right? Mm-hmm. The professor who uh, is not the man he once was and cannot give the mistress what she needs as a partner, right? right. There, there is just this kind of looming sadness with every character, right? so that we don't we don't need to rely on the the fear of the ghost because these are universally scary things to all of us, right? Right. Um and I thought that was like even Jacinto who becomes the villain of the film, right? Uh because of his greed, right? He's really rooted in a pretty understandable thing, you know, I was left here. Yeah. I don't want people to know I came from here. I want better. And that, you know, twists him and deforms him into this kind of monstrous person that he becomes. Right. But these are all – so I think that's the other thing about this film I love is that, you know, there's just always a ghost somewhere, right? And you pair that with this, we got to put up the giant 20-foot Jesus because New Spain is Catholic. Hey, people in town fucking drink shots of the dead baby juice because it can give them boners again. And then the doctor himself takes a shot. There are are these illusions and fantasies happening, even in the real world, that are constant and pervasive. (laughs) It's just, it, it really is such a deep and packed film.
1: Yeah. The formaldehyde boner juice thing was. um.
0: Okay, so that that made me gag yeah. as much as the guy wiping the blood with his hand in the bathroom in Kronos. You fucking gigantic, non hand washing poop monster. <laughs> uh, him drinking that, I was like, I don't care if it's the greatest herbs and scotch of all time. No. That cannot be okay no that cannot be okay
1: <laughs> gross it, that was yeah, one of those also, things yeah i was like, I Bleh. love del
0: toro i can't wait to buy him whatever fanciest exotic drink he wants when he writes me my scene from pan's labyrinth the other question i'd have is you gotta tell me what is the fascination with babies and jobs yeah, the uh
1: yeah, what the,
0: is going on
1: <laughs> the fascination with homunculi is pretty uh yeah
0: I think if I remember right, he said he saw that in real life, and it was just a really powerful image to him. And he's not wrong. It's something that is not easily forgotten.
1: Certainly powerful. Uh, I'll give him that. But Jesus Christ. I mean, (laughs) to turn it into boner juice, that's the new. uh,
0: Well, that's it. I mean, he does start off like there are other possible causes. But then when he gets to boners, I'm like, isn't that what it all comes back to? It's always that. It's just old guys with money are just like, just make sure that I can keep spreading this seed. Whatever means necessary, I don't care what suffering (laughs) or terrible thing. That's why we're not going to have sharks anymore. Yeah. Right? Is because people need boners. That's why we're, like, extincting rhinoceroses because we need boner pills at gas stations. Like, it's a horrible, horrible world that we're setting up for ourselves. I do have to say It's a horrible,
1: horrible world that just has boners in it. Like, we're focused on the wrong science, guys.
0: Let's be honest. If there's something this
1: world could do with a little less old boners old boners could use use old fucking boners fewer for sure
0: like just i i think there should just be an age where it's like just be an oral guy (laughs) you know what i mean how about you give some pleasure out for once you know send that the other way you've
1: spent your life taking now you now you will give
0: (laughs) yeah you want your fucking 60 year old rock hard dick to look like the arm of that monster in pan's labyrinth just fucking skin (laughs) you can't even see veins anymore it's just like fucking wrinkles and saggage neither here nor there who wants a liver spotted erection that's all i'm saying also personally i hope that i will just be powerful enough that i will always have a working hog but probably not neither here nor there how repulsive to talk about in the middle of this film. i will say though the baby the baby juice scene is a another wonderful moment in the film because he talks about this is how he helps uh you know bring some money into the orphanage right is that he's a man of science who's kind of denouncing like there aren't ghosts here like duh. obviously there's not ghosts here uh but also he's more than willing to go to town and sling this shit for a little coin take yeah. advantage of those people also drinking it himself again the adult fantasies also like, are a little more disturbing almost in this offers
1: movie. it to carlos i'm like bro not
0: okay yeah Whatever's wrong uh-uh. with Carlos, the answer is not in the that shot. The answer not list.
1: your weird baby juice, boner <laughs> juice. Not okay.
0: <laughs> the 7-Eleven horny goat weed. Like, I am out. Thanks, sir. Have I bought those as a laugh and drank them washed down with the Four Lorco? Yes. It was college. It was not a proud night. <laughs>
1: it's like one of those things you're like, <laughs> have some boner juice and some Takis. It'll be fine. It'll be great. Like oh, get out
0: of here. Oh uh, yeah. Takis do make everything better.
1: Takis are really good, but
0: if there were Takis floating around in that juice, I would probably eat one. But <laughs> that again, neither here nor there. Uh, Alex, walk me through uh the Doctor's unrequited love story.
1: Oh man. There is this really sweet thing about like the stuff Wonderful, with Carmen. Right? Like it is like really nice. Like I liked i like their little i like their thing like and it ends so tragically but i do like like that scene by the way where he's tending to her wounds and like i f- it fucking got oh. like federico volpe federico lupe is so good like particularly Wonderful. he he goes back in there like in like this so the explosion in the kitchen and, sorry i yeah like it's a beautiful love story sorry i'm just gonna cut to the part that i like the most which is this like super tra- <laughs> super sad tragic part so the his kitchen explodes. And it like we cut back to when, we, when he wakes up, and he ha- again like he's just incredible. Like what an actor for Guillermo del Toro to have for his like first two movies. So he like walks through, he walks through the scene, you know, and he finds her, and it is just this like really beautiful solemn moment. And he, I, I cried when he cried. Like I like oh, it's, it's a true heartbroken. Like you, he just. It's it's not even selling. It's tr- it's just love, like pure true love. Like I I had, it broke my heart, man. It's lovely.
0: Yeah, it's it's so sad because he we see him earlier practicing his poetry, right? Yeah. To when he someday has a chance, mm-hmm. he he's practicing these things to um win her over, right? Right. And it's it's a really wonderful sentiment that then is just cruelly ripped from us. Ugh. As we find out that, uh, the maintenance guy who we thought is gonna marry this this young lady and go off and have a farm, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, is just plowing Carmen, right? It, and you, and he even says like, "What are you worried? The old man will hear." And I was like, "That is so fucking sad." Yeah. But then at the end, when she's just you know, uh, stay with me as I fade away, right? And he just kind of talks to her and watches mm-hmm. her go and then it leads to that sentiment he says right he's like i was just a guy who never saw things through all the way and i'll never leave this place like i'm seeing this all the way through uh and you get the sense that he died with her yeah. um well yeah and then like he this way that that was secretly i was like this is like one of the coolest things in the movie that it just kind of gets washed away by some of the bigger elements it
1: does but i love like Wonderful, then, then like the cap around that is him just like Going up to that room and staring out the window. It's that beautiful shot behind him of him just
0: staring out the window.
1: Like, when you're not... Very
0: John Ford-like, yeah.
1: Yeah, like that 40-yard that stare thing where you're just like... It's not even you're over it. You're just... You've taken to... You've, you've taken to the understanding you've lost the thing you love the most. Like, it is really... Mm. It's this really beautiful... There's there's beautiful sentimentality to it. It's a really lovely like for being so tragic, it is this really lovely
0: moment in itself. It's I don't
1: know. It, yeah. It, it made I, me cry.
0: Yeah. That that was a wonderful and, and again, it's like the optimism of knowing what he knows, right? That he's not what she wants per se. Right. And that someone else is giving her, you know, these other desires. Mm-hmm. But he never stops in a way he also exudes that childlike belief um that he'll just keep being a good man and reading his poetry and not judging her right for getting her sexual needs met and that he'll be there when the time is right is just so fucking endearing man like it's it's, it's a lovely performance it's a lovely
1: sentiment lovely performance saddest thing and like for a movie that's filled with sadness like one of the top 3 It's sad probably the, in the movie.
0: second best performance in the film cuz the best performer in the film is the Lunch Lady, I don't know what her title would be. Conchita? Yeah, so when all the gasoline cans are on fire and about to blow up, she's waving a towel at it, like fully committed. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, that's so stupid that it becomes ultra believable. I was like, the full committing. And she's the first one we see when the fireball goes. Lunch Lady, disintegrated. Yeah. Like she's oh, Adams. sorry,
1: that's not Conchita, sorry. but Yeah, yeah
0: she can't even get the poetry because she's just like, like like fanning these gasoline flames and just a fireball just to fight like her ghost you won't even be able to see there's nothing floating except for her yeah gone total character immersion (laughs) total character immersion yeah uh all right
1: that borders on glib there griff but
0: (laughs) how dare you i like committing right there are no small roles only small actors uh make a meal out of it that's what i say all right let's talk about the kids what about this group of children uh was making it so enjoyable to spend time with for you
1: what about it i mean yeah that's like what i talked about at the top like it's this it's this wonderment of children like for kids who know they're in a dangerous situation like danger is literally outside their door for them to const not seek danger, but for them to constantly still sort of seek adventure in this way, mm-hmm. that is the thing that like that is the thing that keeps you going in the movie. Because like, and it's not that they're dangerous kids; they're not doing anything stupid. They're just breaking curfew, but like at least the first night. But I think what's important is that these kids understand that they are, in a way, special. Not like special in the universe, but just they are willing to break rules so that I don't know how to describe it. Damn it. I'm like at a fucking loss. No, I
0: mean, like, you're, you're not wrong. Every child is the center of their own universe. Yeah. Maybe and you hope that as you that grow a into great way it, to put it that yeah, is it, when you right grow there. into adulthood, you hope that people lose that most don't most but when don't. you're a child, especially it's really hard to imagine that everyone's not seeing shit yeah. and why it matters to that's you. That's what it is. <laughs>
1: I think because like, at at the very beginning, so when, like, Carlos meets Owl uh, and Galvez, like, and then gets, like, kind of accosted by Jaime, like, you see the hierarchy of how this, this whole thing works. And then after that first night when Carlos won't give him up, when you see their world, like, rather than it being a hierarchy, almost immediately it becomes this, like, unit. Like, it becomes this unit together. And I think that is the thing that I liked the most is like kids more than anything, understand that they have to stick together. Like
0: when he hands him that naked lady picture is like a, we're cool now.
1: Yeah. That was dude. That's like, Carlos just goes,
0: she's quite a looker where there's sideways vagina. And it's like, what? that's because for real, I laughed so hard. Cause that was a real thing that happened in our school. I had a kid in my class. He got an out of school suspension for one week. But guys, he was the first one that could draw a naked lady like pretty well, and so he would draw them. But he made a fatal mistake. He wrote his name on the bottom of all. Of them. Oh, see, yeah. And we would all give him two bucks, and he would draw us a naked lady. Smart, <laughs> smart guy. Hey, man, it was a it was a non digital time. We He's a graphic art. It. He's a
1: graphic artist now. <laughs> he does very well. Um, but no, I mean like. When kids form a unit and it no longer becomes this hierarchy, like it becomes this, it's almost, it becomes that like Goonies type thing where. I think that's what I like the most about this kids. It's not yeah. that they're goonies because they're not, but it's that they follow that method. I mean they are, man. They
0: stick together.
1: If they follow that methodology of sticking together, and I think that's yeah. what makes kids That's what makes kids especially especially <laughs> if in the If the goonies World,
0: had fucking shanked the fratellis with stalactites. Holy shit. Then they're the kids from the <laughs>
1: Devil I Bad think World. in in Guillermo del Toro movies, <laughs> particularly when kids – like, this movie particularly, obviously, when people start sticking together is when I see – especially kids um, – is when I see him doing his best work. Like, when he's putting kids in the driver's seat of the storytelling, that's – and not only that, like, when he's deciding that we all get to watch this movie through the eyes of the children that we're, that we're following – that's when the movies really start to move. And that's when like, especially yeah. this back half of this movie, like the last 35 minutes becomes so not even empowering, just like wonderful to watch. It's, even though it ends with a pretty gruesome death, but it's worth it and deserved. But at the same time, so yeah, fuck
0: that guy. Yeah. No, I mean, fuck that guy.
1: <laughs> hardcore. But like, that's why you don't. It's interesting. Like when people who you really root for kill people in movies, like normally it's like, I don't know if it's a mafia movie you're like well they're all gonna kill each other anyways what does it even matter like
0: there is something different though about watching kids that you sympathize with just stabbing just a dude stabbing a stick. the
1: shit to, uh, shit out of this guy and when,
0: like, when he leaps out and stabs him under the armpit oh, I retched yeah Cause I, I, I got I, I'm old I'm old now I get sympath I told you I went to see jackass forever and I knew that I'm hitting a new stage in my life because every time I was like, oh, ah, oh. like I wasn't laughing. I was like feeling physical pain like, oh, that's dangerous. Your insurance is going. Yeah. No, I'm not that old, but still like it hurt me to watch that movie now. Right. And I was like, oh, I used to see that as a kid and then run out and like jump off my friend's car face first into stop sign so we could film it. Right. And now you're like, oh, God, the danger. Right. Um. And that scene fucking hurt my body. But. I think what it is, right, is that these kids should have no reason to be nice or care about anyone. Right. Even even Jamie and hi Jaime. Jaime. Jaime, sorry. Uh I I'm just a Philistine. I can't help it. It's it's my it's you, my You whites. <laughs> I'm a man of the people, Syrian first off, not whites like you. Um it's fine. I'm just a man of the people, right? I walk amongst the common common people of this earth and I will Pronounce the names as best I can. Sorry, I don't have your high coastal elite learning.
1: Well, you know, we went to the same college, but keep going. Sure.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I occasionally attended classes between hangovers. Oh, here uh, we go. Here we go. Neither here nor there. Too, I mean, cool too cool for school, Josh just, Griffey. I was just fucking cool. I mean, it's Literally. just a fact. I mean, I've I've clearly fallen a lot. <laughs> like the bomb in this film, I have fallen far and am stuck in the mud. <laughs> But at one time, I was cool and extra Stuck placebo. in the mud
1: and won't even go off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tell me about it. I need some of that fucking baby juice. <laughs> Neither here nor there, as we say. Um, but, yeah, I, I like the fact that these kids who have no reason to fight for each other, right? And, again, that it's a really staggering turn in the film when we're like, oh, my God, they just fucking killed and blew up all the grownups. Yeah. And there's a fucking murderer running around the orphanage and you know it's like they say uh when she, they're loading the truck before all the carnage breaks out we don't have enough people you older kids got to look out for the younger kids right and they don't say fuck those weaklings right like lord of the flies yeah they just do it man. they just do it they just do it because they have that that nature right that right. of course you should do good for other people why wouldn't we uh i thought that was great and again i think um the boy the bully right Hi, Hi, May. I think he was a wonderful reveal too the fact that um he had seen this horrific event. Yeah. That kind of explains some of his jadedness, right? Mm-hmm. So him being that kid at the start of the movie and watching him open up yeah. and become a protector and good again was a really nice surprise.
1: That was like my favorite arc. I like I like the re- I like the redemption of um an unwilling an unwilling bully in a way. And if that's how I felt about Jaime, even at the start, like it's someone. And then like you find out it's because you've seen some fucked up shit. You're like, well, yeah, it is. Like,
0: you know, we would probably all also be a little. I think we'd all be a little. We'd all be a
1: little on edge moving forward in our lives. I I mean, but I I like the redemptive quality and how it goes. Like, I I like I I really enjoyed that aspect. Like,
0: oh, it's also such a nice uh, kind of spiritual baton passing. Right because when we find out later that he didn't kill santi yeah but that santi said run and hide i got this Mm -hmm. and so he took care of his friend right yeah knowing that he was going to get some form of very bad punishment for having seen the safe and uh the guy there right he knew something bad was coming but his first thought was you know hey get out of here i'll take this you don't have to get hurt too right um, And then seeing him later make the full transition to now he is protecting and, you know, shepherding these other kids. I thought that was a really nice. A lot of movies do that kids who bully thing mm-hmm. and it's very two dimensional and flat and they don't look at, you know, the right. back of that. Right. And I, I thought that was really cool. All right. Kids aside. How fucking cool was Santi in this movie, man? Oh, it was great, man. What I fucking love the ghost moments in this just film. like
1: awesome awesome makeup effects. Again, like he's just it never feels false. Like there's things that in movies when they come up, like you just they feel like apparition. They feel like well, made of like let's
0: like an example. Even Crimson Peak, those ghosts have no reality to them, right? Yeah. They don't feel like they're there and menacing. They feel like cartoon blood monsters, right? Right. Not necessarily the mom at the start, it's not but Santi does not suffer from no, that.
1: No, Santi is a um, Santi's in makeup, and it's this. I like the the scene when um the scene when Carlos says, "I'm not gonna run away anymore. I want to talk ah, to you."
0: Love that the yellow like, ribbon floats over. Yeah, like the look is
1: so powerful. Like, and it's just and it, again, I, I it ha- This movie, eighty percent of this movie takes place during the day. Like ghosts walk among us during the day, and like you're just like, oh
0: shit! Like
1: it doesn't matter when it is. Like there is no safety, and I think that's the other thing yeah. too. That's so there's cool no about... time
0: out for the repeating tragedy of a ghost. Yeah. yeah,
1: that's what's so cool about this movie too is that there is no safety in the daylight. It's just part of it's part of the world. Well,
0: honestly, the shit in the real world is where all the danger is. Yeah. in the daylight, <laughs> it doesn't
1: matter. It doesn't matter what time of day it is. So yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, he, it looked he looked awesome.
0: Ah, uh, I mean again the the floating kind of bits from the water, the blood floating from the wound. I mean, just awesome. But even just the little touches, right? So the first thing we see are wet footprints. Mm-hmm. The name, the one who sighs. Yeah, right. You just imagine Santi walking in to see his friends, and just that's all he's got, man. I I thought. It was really beautiful. Even the first time when um, he runs outside, right? And we see Santi briefly in the reflection. It's just, it's a really beautiful and haunting ghostly image. Mm -hmm. And it's not, it's not trying to get you there with the grotesqueness. You almost forget how grotesque an image that Santi is by the end of the film. Yeah. This was a just murdered child for no fucking reason. Right. Possibly could have been saved. There's a doctor who lives in the orphanage. Um. I think that's the nature, though, is that at the end it becomes kind of a, a a welcome protector image, right? When really that should be as repulsive a thing as we've seen, right?
1: Well, like to me, the thing that's creepiest and it's it's like the um, you know how, remember uh, the ending of What Lies Beneath when he like when like <laughs> the ghost of the lady yeah like basically comes alive and drags him down into the water, like the ending of this when Jacinto is in the water and oh. He, dude that's my favorite that's my favorite what Santi a fucking
0: look. moment man that's oh, my favorite he just Santi appears look. and just like it's not violent there's oh. not a lot of thrashing it's just it's just come with me
1: you're done again like that's inevitability shit is, that shit is scary yeah. as hell that part talk about like,
0: hey. uh checkoffs fucking gold bricks am i right <laughs>
1: <laughs> every every uh, every pod there's a check
0: i mean it's just always there i was like yeah, sure. This guy's gonna walk across the desert with fucking eight gold bricks. Oh, he tied a little hanky one around his nuts like he's a bodybuilder doing dips. Okay, yeah. idiot. Wink. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what a fucking dumbass. But yeah, that's yeah, my. I favorite like side that
0: moment looks. though because it also kind of harkens back to a uh, another movie we definitely need to cover: "Is Treasure of Sierra Madre." Oh yeah, yeah. But that fucking ending, right? Like all that fucking shit you saw. Mm-hmm. And the gold is just fucking dust in the wind, man. Uh, right. It kind of a kind of a fucking sad ass ending too but still uh you know just like god damn, no one even got any fucking gold i thought the kids were at least gonna be balling out the
1: kids would at least like yeah be able to like
0: we we're gonna get like a uh, disney's blank check sequel right?
1: <laughs> the devil's backbone too back and back in
0: gold <laughs> the devil's fucking deep pockets part two <laughs> the devil's
1: backbone too, deep pockets
0: they're making it rain they're just putting cigar rings paper rings on every girl in town yep living the life they Thanks earned it uh <laughs> but yeah man i thought i thought that was really just oh my god just such a and again i i remember what it was we talked about this on another show but i was watching this this documentary about a horror film right and they're just like it is so or no lobo was talking about this on fear street that's what it was oh yeah And he's just like it is so hard to create a horror movie monster in this day and age. Something that is just simple and communicates all of this power. Mm -hmm. And Santi definitely did that. Uh, I mean, what? Yeah, go ahead. Oh no, that's fine. Go ahead.
1: It just requires no. It requires no further explanation. Like it's a like if you had told someone it's a dead kid, they'd be like,
0: "That's fucked up."
1: But then Santi's just
0: physical. They're like, "You're going to show it." like right up front like
1: on the front and then like not the like casper specter itself is yeah. it's pretty fucking but it's pretty it's fucking badass is what it is Ugh,
0: it's fucking horrible it's man. terrifying um we have not yet talked about we still have the big ending we have not yet talked about the only scene that takes place not at the orphanage
1: so uh, this is when
0: the professor goes to town uh-huh. to sell his uh his
1: so the boner juice
0: four inch four inches of loco right he's yeah. selling it Oh, that's in town. good four inches of loco that's good that's what we'll call it for the the olds who need to get it up and the war is now at their doorstep right mm-hmm. i again the acting in this moment because he sees the man who brought carlos to the orphanage right he knows that soldiers from the cause could rat them out the thing about this scene that i fucking love the most right because essentially they line them up and do a firing squad right just one in the back of the head right down the line so instead of showing too much of that right we cut right to the doctor's face and some other guys talking to him right kind of hinting like what's up doc are those your friends he's like "No, no 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 every time you hear one of those shots the doctor's whole body convulses yep the man next to him doesn't flinch or blink at all
1: no it's it's a spectacular it's a spectacular scene that does an absurd amount of work without doing anything like it tells you everything you need to know about what this doc's been going through versus what these soldiers yeah intend to do like this is part of their this is part of their duty but like it human. It does such a good job of humanizing the doctor and dehumanizing these people who are invading.
0: Yeah. Well, it's it's weird too because it puts a very specific face on the war. Yes. Because other than that, the war is just something that is talked about. You know, that's why there's not enough this and that, right? Mm-hmm. In this moment, that brutality's right there. The thing I really liked about how they use this scene. So before, it's a cause, right? They're all on the same side of this cause, right? They're fighting for a a different version of Spain, right? When he sees that, he goes back to that orphanage, and he's like, fuck the cause. We got to get the fuck out of here, right? Right. Like, and all of a sudden, this theoretical politics of whose side are you on this and that, he's just a man who's afraid to lose his love. And I thought that too, right? That he's not this stoic and heroic guy who's going to see it through right it makes that ending with him in the shotgun so much more impactful because he like he tells us right he didn't follow through with uh carmen he didn't follow through with the cause he's just not that guy but now he's going to and he will not let himself die until he sees this through i thought i thought it it was an interesting choice because it feels like the kind of movie that's not gonna let us out of that orphanage right yeah in a way, the orphanage is supposed to be a prison for our mind and attention. Right. I thought it was really fascinating to take it out, and then it and it doesn't really come into effect. It's not soldiers that come to no, the orphanage no. and mean, do the damage. Oh, we do get the scene on the road though, right? When she heads yeah, out.
1: That, well, there's that, but like at the same time, it yeah. still feels it's so isolated. Like it's a huge wide shot and nothing oh. in the background. Like With it's that isolation.
0: motherfucker. Right. Uh, so he gets, so just a brief little recapping. Right. So he is mad that they're going to leave without him. Right. He starts calling in. into like, I've been fucking laying the pipe. I need the money. Yeah. And she calls him, you know, the sad Prince, right. The boy mm-hmm. with no kingdom, whatever. And she fucking canes his ass. Fucks his eye up. Right. Yeah. And then, uh, you it's know, awesome. the doctor's got a shotgun is like, get the fuck out of here. So he comes back with his gang. Right. One of which is named pig. If I remember right. Oh, really? Yeah, the big guy is named Pig, right? It's kind of like in Star Wars, right? Porkins, right? Spiritual successor to Porkins. Uh, (laughs) Or a piggy. (laughs) There you go. There's a lot of them. It's not nice. We just keep... I don't know why these parents keep doing that. I'm assuming it's their mean friends. Uh, (laughs) But he comes back, right? And uh, his girlfriend is on the way to town, right? No help is coming. Beautiful moment when... Jaime puts the cigar ring on her finger. Mm -hmm. It's just a really sweet, endearing little touch, right? That little extra personal touch. She goes out and he, I love this fucking moment from, uh, what's his name? Who? Jaime? The bad guy. Oh, Jacinto. 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 God damn it. I'm getting it mixed up. So Jacinto, this is a great moment for him. Probably my favorite moment with him in the film. Is he comes up to her and he just walks up and he's like, Just apologize. You're making me look bad in front of the guys. Right. And in that one little bit, you learn everything you need to about this guy, right? This is definitely a movie about putting on false mask and identity. Right. But he's just a guy who can't stand to be embarrassed, and he feels like he's constantly in a state of embarrassment. And when she says, I'm not fucking scared of you, I was cheering at my TV, and then he, like, just cold as fuck slides that knife into her it's such a beautifully shot image of just grotesque ultra personal violence it's a really it's a really impactful scene to me i think that's
1: the thing that makes this movie so impactful is the person the personability of the violence itself like there's nothing that feels even the bomb sitting in the courtyard, like even the explosion of the kitchen, it all feels very personal, like yeah. person to person. It's not this thing where it's just like violence for violence sake or not even, I'm not sure I'd even put it that way. It's not this thing where it's just violence to keep the move, the story moving forward. It's all personable and up close violence.
0: Oh, like even when he slices Santi's cheek, you're yeah. Like, Jesus. Again, Christ. you're like, Jesus. You were just telling them that if anything happened to them, you would get in trouble for it. Let me slice that cheek. <laughs> again, right. he needs a Nelly band-aid. He needs a Nelly band aid. That's what we've learned. It was <laughs> Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs> I again it's just one of those things where you're <sighs> the violence is not for violence sake. And I think that's something that del Toro does so well, even in movies that are just ridiculous, like Pacific Rim and blade Two, where you're like, well, there's a lot of
0: violence in these movies. Like, but I'd have to rewatch that one to make sure, but that feels pretty arbitrary to me with that fucking giant genital faced vampires are doing pro wrestling moves off pillars and shit
1: yeah there's some of that shit that you're just like
0: but right. that's just good fun that's good fun that's not good every fun. movie's gonna be but a not everybody movie giving. is gonna
1: be the devil's backbone which was yeah. you know as he puts at the end of the movie for my parents like it's a very right. personal it's a very personal story so i mean for me personally i i said personal twice jesus christ but the it, word personal is very personal to you. <laughs> word personal is very personal to me uh yeah i mean that is the thing that i like that is the thing i think that I find the most endearing about the way he makes these kinds of movies that are close to him is there's nothing bombastic about the violence in the, in the, in those
0: kinds of movies. Like, yeah, everything. And he feels doesn't very sacrifice real. brutality.
1: For no, that, right? not at all. I yeah. mean, and, and I mean, you know, you can factor that into his background as a makeup effects person, but honestly, I would just factor it into that's how he decides as a storyteller to tell a story. And which is, which is interesting and and, but even the bad
0: guy right we we learn of his story as the saddest orphan right you were always the saddest one right right um he's not just this two-dimensional madman who wants to take over the world right um in a way he does but we're always shown him through the lens of yeah you're not going to be the guy that gets all these gold bricks we just know that right there is a a sad tragedy to him that becomes more acceptable to us as an audience because we knew he was never getting those bricks. Right. He's just not that guy. He's always been the guy that was sad. um, And it was never going to be enough. Right. He was always had he gotten every brick in that place. Right. And had millions of dollars to his name or whatever currency he needed. Right. He was always going to be the prince without a kingdom because when he got left there, That was it for him, right? And I think that is, again, it's just this really rooted to the fucking earth of this story moment, right? Right. Now, big finale, right? We have a big finale in this movie. He comes back with his fucked up eye, blows everything up, right? Everyone's all fucked up. The kids are doing triage on other kids. It's fucking horrifying, right? They're coming back for the safe, right? A scene I love is when the doctor wakes up and he's like, get my phonograph just so that they can hear his music and see him standing in the window as a sentinel, right? Yeah. And they're like, fuck, we gotta go. We come back later. We'll wait him out. And then he just fucking collapses, right? And the moment when you see that he's gone and the flies are buzzing around him and he's rigor mortis around this gun. hmm Again, I keep coming back to the doctor, man. He really is just the, like, pounding heart of this film.
1: Yeah, he's great. But
0: that was just...
1: Well, that was one of those a, a things. A sad,
0: sad moment for me.
1: It's this sad moment that I think it's a sad moment and emotionally just has the, it has the emotional heft so that when later on the reveal, oh. the, the, the real reveal.
0: The real reveal. That is when like. That, mm. Yeah. When he comes back as the ghost, the only thing was I thought he was going to get a piece. But that's not really how the ghost in this movie operate, right? These are not ghosts out for revenge, right? These are kind of reminders of tragedies more than revenge. Yeah. So instead of manifesting where he's like, I'm going to rip that dude's dick off and cram it down his throat, right? Shave his head, make him eat it, glue it to his ass, whatever. Nothing like that, right? No. Actually, I believe that was what Emilio did in Breakfast Club. Weird. Neither here nor there. Who's the real monster? Neither here nor there. But what I'm saying is he doesn't use his ghostly powers to seek out and crush and get revenge. He uses it to open the door and let the kids out so that they can defend themselves um and reassures them that they're gonna be okay and I thought that was awesome, yeah, and then of course, yeah, they just brutally stab and maim this guy
1: brutally stab maim him, but like I'll tell you right now that ending shot of the boys leaving the orphan they're walking out and it's the uh voiceover
0: and he see, has been our narrator the whole time and he's
1: been the, yeah like i think that's the thing too is like i always assume he's the narrator the whole time but i didn't realize until why at the end
0: yeah it never really mattered like i didn't think about oh the narrator has to be a character yeah, in this neither. movie for some reason like it's pretty obvious but <laughs> but then yeah uh, and
1: he's just standing at the doorway like again i'm just like
0: but it's 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 this beautiful inversion, too, of now the kids are leaving the adult behind in the orphanage. Yeah. I mean, he does this thing, right? What is a ghost? A repeating tragedy, this, that, and the other. And he just says, uh, I'm a ghost. That's what I am. And that was a really cool sentiment, right? Because it's strange because the narration feels like it's talking to us from – the present, right? Mm-hmm. And looking backwards. Yeah. The fact that at the end he says I'm a ghost, that's who I am. I thought was strange. What did you make of that moment? I mean to
1: me that's to me that is what he's felt his entire life. Like there's nothing about what the doctor has done throughout the entire movie that doesn't fill him with regret. So he's a go- he was a ghost, he was a ghost when he was alive. He's always been a ghost there's yeah. so much that he didn't do not even like oh i should have done that like i should have kissed that girl that kind of stuff because that's what you would autom- automatically expect but it's like it's beyond that it's like i didn't have the strength to be who i wanted to be like i've been a ghost my entire life like this is who i am no matter what that's that's how i interpret it, at
0: least. yeah i thought that was it's not just putting poetry in the words of a, a ghost right no it's uh what i thought was interesting about it is that i think what the movie's telling us is that once we hit adulthood we're all ghosts in a way right and watching those kids walk off into the sunset he almost sounds as if he's saying like i'm a ghost and i hope that none of them ever will be now that's just a really again it's just this really heartfelt reminder of his take that the ghosts are as equally human as every other character in the film it's just it's a beautiful ending man and and the mystery and the intrigue are not to the highest level of some of his other movies but again you know the gold in the leg that was awesome the, the leg's extra heavy today is you think it's just cuz she's carrying the weight of this coming war and saving these kids no she put the bricks in that leg Right Um it's just cool man like the the unfurling of everything the plot and the mystery aside to me what I take away from this movie is just that that really deep connection with kind of our our struggle to accept ourselves as we are right because that's what it's cool when the kids all bond right you were talking about that scene earlier what i think is always fun about those scenes is when kids are in large groups like that we get a chance to see what society would look like if we aren't if we weren't all full of shit right because kids just aren't full of shit you know what i mean like yeah they just kind of say exactly what they think they haven't been like whipped into lying and like oh okay like they don't spare feelings all the time right and we look at it as adults we're like oh god you know as a parent you're like always worried about that shit but i I think it is just nice like what if we all just didn't lie to ourselves um you know like so many of the adults in the film are doing i just that's what i take away from it is just no matter how bad this moment gets uh we are not ghosts right part of us will always be ghostly right and we'll always be looking backwards but we should know that and press forward and try to do better uh like the characters in this film against pretty fucking enormous brutality and horror um i know some people it's one of those like film twitter things right is this actually even a horror movie hey man i i'm not here to have that argument with people you Uh, call it whatever genre you want this is just a great fucking movie. Yeah, agreed. Like just a wonderful fucking film. Uh, and I am so fucking glad the patrons selected this one Good call. as man. our finale. Don't worry, guys. Me and Alex are going to jump in our two-man Jaeger and battle Kaijus eventually. I'm sure we'll find a way to do that and mimic someday. I really, if I'm being honest, not to be shitting on the patrons in this wonderful movie. I thought it was going to be. My specific match. vote, because I also vote in case there's a tiebreaker. Same, same. Mimic. Was the choice I made. I, voted, I, really I wanted voted to
1: for, do. I voted for Mimic, too.
0: Here's actually a fun thing. If you're doing Del Toro with us, I don't know when we record this versus when it'll air. Uh, HBO has Mimic 1 through 3. They do. I didn't know there was a 2 and 3. Part 2 is fucking wild. Love it. Just a straight-up wild sequel to Mimic. So, yeah, have yourself some fun. Guys, you can never go wrong when you dig Del Toro. That's it. For the Devil's Backbone, that's it for us for now for Del Toro. I'm sure we'll be back. He's one of those guys I feel like will clean out the entire filmography Absolutely. All right, guys. On our way out, remember, the Patreon is patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. The best way to support the show. The best way to make the show exactly what you want and deserve. We appreciate any support. Uh, Thank you so much for spending your hard-earned time and money with us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. The email, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. The YouTube channel, Film Alchemist. Find us on all the social media you're on where you can share this with your friends. Of course, you'll obviously want to do that. So you get some uh, some street cred, right? We'll even trade you our comic books if you do that. No, we won't. That's a lie. Uh I'm not doing that. <laughs> we won't do that. But something we will do is ask you to leave a five-star rating and review wherever you find the show little things like that help us out you guys are so generous with your time and support thank you again thank you to guillermo del toro for making so many wonderful movies you encapsulate why i love movies so much it's truly been a great pleasure this month next month the pod gets scholarly the pod studies the bard all shakespeare adaptations next month guys we'll get
1: to this again but guys we're pretty scholarly when you think
0: you about guys it. better tighten up your panties right yep get those lace extra up, tight but lace up your pantaloons yeah some extra Fasten tight compression your shorts yeah because guess what you guys aren't gonna have asses we're gonna blow them off with our intellect yep deep and, dissection and,
1: and, <laughs> adorn yourselves with your puffy shirts it will be quite a month
0: get your little neck pillows that before we even had airplanes on And let's shake the spear. That's next month for the Film Alchemist pod. I'm Josh Griffey. I'm Alex D'Avino.